Welcome to another episode of the Will Ford Show, and we've got a special guest in the studio, in my uh, my actual real studio that I just finished building like a day or two ago. Super excited about it, but Tucker Rogers is joining the show. He was on the show last year. Amateur MMA record of 3-0, and uh, bantam weight class. Uh, he's 43rd um, out of 348 uh, bantam weights uh, in the U.S. Midwest, 10th ranked out of 46 uh, bantam weights in Ohio. He's got a jiu-jitsu record of 7-0-2 this year, and he's a one-time IBJJ gold medalist. Tucker, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? And I like the studio. Th- thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, how was your Christmas, man? Good Christmas. Good Christmas. Didn't get too much, but I spent a lot of time with family. And good. It was a good time. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. Um, I know I know. being an MMA fighter, it's... Uh, you got to be very disciplined with how you eat and train and things like that. But I'm sure around this time of year, it's probably pretty tough seeing all the all the, the baked goods and all the sweets out there on the table. And you probably, was it hard to stay away from some of that stuff? I've been injured the last like month. So right. I yeah. kind of just hung out and enjoyed Christmas for the first time in two years, to be honest. I enjoyed Christmas and I enjoyed Thanksgiving. I competed a lot this year. So by the time the holiday came around, I was honestly beat up from jiu-jitsu training camps and preparing for fights that never happened so yeah um pretty beat up at the moment still and uh november pretty much through december i've been just a little bit beat up and just trying to heal up injuries but it seems to be one thing after another so so what kind of things have you been been trying to battle through the last couple of months <clears throat> to uh just trying to kind of get back to form i competed in the ibjjf in October, I think, and I hurt my knee previous to that during the training camp, and then I did that competition. I got DQ'd in the first round after whipping a dude for like two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> I've, n- I've never whipped somebody around by their neck for two minutes and lost in my life. Yeah. Ever. First time. First time for everything. Right. But of course. Anyway, I was dealing with a knee injury then. Then I was upset about it, so I hurried up and got into another competition. The following weekend, I went down to Philadelphia and did another jiu-jitsu championship, and I made it to the championship match, and me and my competitor both got disqualified Mm. for throwing some punches during a grappling match. Happens. It's combat. Yeah, It is what it is. But we got disqualified, and they ended up shutting down our part of the bracket i consider myself a gold medalist sure of course yeah yeah i mean one time i'd be jj gold medalist you gotta have but it up there going back to back like that with my knee how it was it just kind of progressively got worse sure. took a few weeks off and then looked to get a fight as i was training for the fight uh hurt my wrist and that's just as of recently this month yeah um I've just been training and working on my skills and trying to get better and dealing with some little naggy injuries just, that have been around for a while. To, trying to rehab a little bit, not, yep, not go too hard. But. Yep. And heal my head up and heal my all my ligaments and stuff that are partially torn and all my little toes that are broken from whatnot. And yeah. So it's been a good little break this last December. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> this December. Like, obviously, you don't want it to happen at all, but if there's a time, I guess, to kind of be like on the shelf a little bit it's around this time of year the holidays christmas new year so you can really kind of take this time to spend the family like spend with family like you said it honestly was like like you said you don't want it to happen yeah but if it does happen 
it is a perfect time to have it during like Turkey Day and yeah. Christmas. Yeah. It's kind of perfect. And, you know, like I said, for the first time in a long time, I got to, you know, two years, I got to eat what I wanted and I didn't spoil myself too much because I'm still training and whatnot. And yeah. I don't want to be dead in the training room. So sure. I watched it a little bit, but, you know, I ate those Christmas cookies and whatnot. Yeah, of course. So. Yeah. Like, I, I won't lie. I, I did down a whole bag of puppy chow or some people call uh, them muddy buddies, but um, I love puppy chow. That's my, that's my guilty pleasure there. You ate a whole bag. I, I ate a whole bag. Like a like, like lunch a bag. No, like a like a zip like a large ziploc bag. Like not, a big one, like this one. Yeah, not in a day. Like it the gallon like, one. Yeah, not in a whole day. It was like it was like over a period. Of time. It was like over two or three days. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for two or three days, did you live off like that and that only? Not no. I mean, not just that. I mean, like I had some real food, but like I just love some puppy chow. That's that's it right there. From that's Christmas. Puppy, ch- you know it's Christmas when puppy chow comes around. Literally, that's and that's all. That's pretty much the only time of year that I have it. All right. Yeah. So you got to splurge. You have to, you know, because I'm I'm training here in the studio all right. the time, so I right. got to be in tip top like tip top condition. Of course, and that means money, buddy. Of course, a yeah. gallon bag, and a span of a day. I can okay. I can sense the judgment coming across the table. No, no, there's no Because <laughs> I can't lie, because you know those little cookies with the kissy thing, the yeah, Hershey the Hershey kisses. kisses yeah. yeah, my mom took those out and put Reese cups in. Oh, that's even better. I ate, <laughs> I ate a whole bag. I ate a whole bag, and like, and just like yourself, it was over a span of a couple of days. And like, I'm just gonna say, it, I got in the sauna, so like five, yeah, you sweat like five times. So like, it equaled out. I got of on the course. bicycle, and and like, I work out three days a week, but obviously you're doing way more than I'm doing. So you're you're definitely burning that off. Are you going to the gym? I am going to the gym. Yeah, I've been going to the gym for the last uh, little over a year. Um, started out doing some body weight stuff at home. Cause obviously I, um, it was like around Thanksgiving slash Christmas break last year and started working out. And then, uh, now I've been going to planet fitness for like the last like eight months or so. So planet fitness in Zanesville. Yeah. In Zanesville. Yeah. So that's where I've been going and just trying to put a little bit of mass on this body. So, All right. yeah. So I'm out here, I'm out here trying, but I'm not trying to like get into a sparring match with you or anything. You like, hitting a bench and stuff. I'm trying. My my max bench is is 200 for one rep. That's that's all I can do. But I, if you had asked me a year ago though, if I'd ever be, be able to do that in my life, be like, yo, no way. Yeah, Yo, you see these string bean arms, dude. Hey, that's all right. I'm impressed with your skills. Thanks, man. Doesn't translate to fighting though. No, it does I might not. be I, I might be stronger and like it, doing some weights, but uh, I ain't gonna no, throw I, hands with you. That's no, for I sure. understand. Yeah. Um, speaking of throwing hands, though, a couple weeks ago. Saw the, the the Jake Paul fight, the the second fight against Tyron Woodley, who's a a former UFCer. I mean, he got KO'd in the sixth round. Did you happen to watch that fight? I did. I watched. I'm not gonna lie. I refuse to watch any Jake Paul fights or anything because I can't take it seriously. I can't. That's that's I literally can't take what it, it is. Seriously. Like, it's good comedy. And like him, KO and Ben Askren was all funny because Ben Askren that was not fat. a real fight. And like yeah. that's just so funny because like he wrestled people his whole career. He threw like two punches. There was a fight in the UFC when he fought Damian Maya, and we, me and my brother and my friend, sat around the TV and laughed at it because they didn't want to go to the ground with each other because they were both ground specialists. So two of the worst strikers in the UFC had a striking match for yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah, you know. And then he went and boxed against a guy who's been training for. A couple of years yeah. of straight boxing, kind of, and Andy was like forty, right? You know, and then he goes against Tyron Woodley, and you know, people said he was one of the greatest of all time as welterweight. You know, 
the the big bosses, the people who mean some shit in the UFC and in MMA, they never considered Tyron Woodley one of the best ever. Just saying, mm-hmm. you know. And he's kind of representing MMA in a way, but like once again, a forty-year-old wrestler who's retired. Yeah, you know. And he was on like a five, four, five, six-fight skid before they cut him from the UFC. And all the guys that he fought, they all had to beat Tyron before they got title shots against Kamaru Usman, mm-hmm. which is just like, it just shows that like, you know, he is no slouch yeah. in, in MMA. You know, he, he did mean something, but he just kind of fell off. His confidence drained somewhere and he just kind of stopped throwing punches and he just, he lost his fighting spirit and that's okay. Cause that happens to some people when he was a great champion when he had his time, but his time's over and he wanted to make a bag fighting Jake and he got some shiny necklaces and whatever and I think it was all funny and I thought it was also funny that Jake Paul kept saying he's going to grab his cheeks. <laughs> yeah, he got a bag and then and then and his face was on the ground. Yeah. Uh, knocked out yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fight was boring to be honest. I, I didn't watch the fight it but I but I saw match. I saw a lot of stuff afterwards and I saw uh, clips. Yeah, I saw so I saw some clips and stuff and I don't know. A lot of people thought that like Tyron, like it was like a fixed fight and that Tyron kind of dropped his arm like on purpose, like from away from his face and dropped it to the body. And then that allowed Jake to come in with that, that hook to the face. But then other people are saying like, he thought maybe Jake was going to go for a body shot and came like, what, how did you view that um, when you watched it? I watched that particular highlight, like over and over again, the setup and stuff, Mm -hmm. the last 16 to 15 seconds. And you know, I watched bits and pieces of the fight, but I never watched the whole fight. And from what I saw, it wasn't good boxing. Tyron did the same thing he did in his last six fights in the UFC plus the first Jake Paul fight. He went into a boxing match and he did, in a sport where you throw punches, he threw new punches. Yeah, Somebody said that on a yeah. podcast I was listening to. But it's so true. Like, right. so in a sport where you you have to throw punches and you go in. And you don't throw any punches. Yeah, I mean that's all you can do is throw. Yeah, how are you gonna win? How do you win a fight when you when you're throwing ten punches around in a boxing match? You can't kick anybody. You can't take anybody down. So how else did you score on the scorecards? You know, if Jake Paul is just jabbing you in the head for 15, 15 times, he's winning the round. You know, but up until that point, I think Tyron was touching and touching, and he felt safe because he hadn't been cracked up to that point, and they had had so much time in the ring together, and he had never really hurt Tyron ever. So there was never any respect there. And I think Tyron was pawing to set up his own. But once again, you kind of saw that thing in Tyron eyes where you weren't sure if he was going to pull the trigger again. Right. And he was pawing and he was pawing. And as he was pawing, I think Jake just kind of stepped back on him just a tad, like ever so, just a little faint back step. Right. And I'm kind of thinking he thought a straight two was coming to the body. So he kind of dropped his hand to parry it, and then he was going to come over with his own overhand. Right. But as it looked like he tried to step back to hit like a fadeaway, he was going to go a jab to the top and then a little two to the body. And I think that's what Tyron thought was going to happen. Right. But as he did that, he came over top with the overhand and cold. Yeah. So it was a good. It was a good KO. I admit. Well, right. I mean, he was no no slack. Like no slack to him. Like good fight. Yeah. It not good fight, but good knockout. Right. Yeah. And good on you. Like I just I just saw a lot of stuff that where people were saying it was it was set up. He dropped his arm on purpose. But from what you're saying, and I mean you're a fighter, so like you know. But it just seemed like it's it's a lack of skill in the boxing game. Was that fair to say? 
I, I think that's super fair to say because you even look like when he did KO people in the early beginning, he KO'd a lot of people early in his career before mm-hmm. he was UFC champ. Right. You know, including Robbie Lawler as he got to the title. Or that was, his, I think that's what he fought. I think that's how he got the title. Was Robbie. Yeah, he did. KO'd Robbie with a big overhand. But mm-hmm. like, if you go back and watch those fights, they weren't great, spectacular kickboxing, striking, boxing affairs. Mm-hmm. They weren't great. They were all kind of boring sleepers, and then bang, Tyron exploded and threw a big overhand KO'd, KO'd his opponent, cold, whoever it might be. You know, they weren't ever great boxing. He never put on a boxing clinic against anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, never put a kickboxing clinic against anybody. He took some people down, and he KO'd some people with an overhand. Like I said, explosive power. But in a sport where all you can do is throw punches, how else are you scoring? Right. If you're not throwing you've, punches. You've got to land some punches. So, and then as for the fixed fight thing i just don't think that's true i just think i think he got a bag and he was happy with what the money he was making and he had zero respect for jake because of how much time he had already spent in the ring and by the time the sixth round came by he didn't give a shit what he what jake was throwing right but he should have yeah yeah he didn't but he should have yeah well i because i was even like we we both said it that we we both can't take like jake paul fights seriously but like i watched this was I don't how long ago was this I don't even remember but the fight against Nate Robinson the former NBA player I watched like that. that that one that was like very bad because all they were doing was just hugging each other basically the entire the entire fight until Jake was able to land a punch on him and knock him out but like that didn't even seem like a real fight to me and so like that was the first fight I had watched Jake Paul fight and I from then on I could never really take it seriously and I know he's been training for the last four or five years but I really I didn't think. You know, against Tyron Woodley, he'd be able to do what he did just based on what I had seen before because that fight against Nate Robinson really, in my opinion, was just kind of ugly just from a fan's perspective. He's progressed. The Nate one was definitely ugly. Yeah. It was super bad. But, you know, he's progressed in the sport and obviously he carries a little bit of power because he just keeps sleeping people, you know. And it's not like Tyron got KO'd a whole bunch, Mm -hmm. you know. Never got slept up like that. And, like, same thing with Ben Askren. Like, yeah, he got KO'd by Jorge, but look at the other guys. If you go to one championship, which is where he was before he came to the UFC, great things. Mm-hmm. He just – he wet-blanketed people. He yeah. took them down, and he just grinded a, grinded wins out one after another. So, like, put some respect on those dudes' names. So how does how do you think Jake Paul – because Logan Paul also does some boxing here and there. I don't know if he's – he, when he fought Floyd Mayweather uh, earlier this year, um, but like, how do you think Jake Paul and Logan compare in terms of like boxing ability? Like, can you say one's better than the other, or do you not really take either of them? Oh, like, Jake's that, way better. I, that's what I, I. That's what I was thinking too. Skill for skill, Jake's way better, and like you just watch him train, watch him into bag. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say, my personal opinion. Um, and I know I, I watched a little bit of the the Floyd and and Logan Paul fight, and I, I actually think Logan got. I think he actually got knocked out during the fight and I, and then like Floyd, like actually kept him up. So that way they could keep the fight going because I think it was supposed to be like an exhibition, like no winner. Mm-hmm. We're just fighting the fight. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that at all. I didn't watch that fight. You didn't watch. I didn't no. wasn't sure if you watched but that one. Like once again, I just like, like you said, you can't take these guys seriously. And when there's UFC on, and then there's Logan and Jake Paul fighting. I really could care less about the YouTube guys, to be honest. True. I care about the dudes who grind it out for their entire lives yeah. and are fighting for 15 grand. Those guys impress me. 
the dudes who already have money and who are just making it like a comedy thing that shit's not funny to me but like it's good it's all good play it's good fun Mm -hmm. and jake's trash and logan's also trash and (laughs) i just gotta keep that in mind and yeah if he wants to grapple or something in my line i don't know we're not boxing right and that just goes to say another thing is like everybody's coming over and boxing everybody's coming over and boxing how about they? How I want Jake Paul to go fight Dylan Danis. Like that's MMA. something we've yet to see is a boxer, yeah, go over to the right. UFC and and do a because I because they get when fucked Floyd, up when Floyd and Connor fought that like they did a boxing match. There was always this talk of oh Floyd's going to come over to UFC and they're going to do a fight, which I never believed was going to happen in the first place. But we've yet to see that, and I really love to see someone move from boxing to UFC. But I'm not sure if it's going to because it's. If you think about it, it's kind of it's two different sports, really. I mean, one where you can only throw punches, and the other one is really there's nothing that's off limits. Which is why it doesn't make sense to keep having MMA fighters fight in boxing matches. If Jake Paul is a boxer, go fight boxers. Yeah, dudes who have also been spending you know their whole lives or just the last five ten years. Look at Wilder; he wasn't a boxer his whole life, mm-hmm. and he's great career, you know. But like, he should be fighting other low level boxers, you know. Like I thought. Tyson Fury's little brother, whatever his name is. Oh. Uh, I know who you're talking Tommy about. Tommy Fury. Yes. I think. But, you know, I thought that was a good fight for him. That was that was equivalent to each other, and they're both boxers, and they're both large. That made sense. It, weighed, it made way more sense than fighting Tyron Woodley, who's a 170-pounder, who's 5'9", mm-hmm. who lost his last six fights in the UFC, not even in a boxing ring. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Then you go to Ben Askren. He lost his last like three in the UFC. He's a wrestler. His striking was literally one of the worst in the UFC. It was made fun of and you KO'd him. Cool. All funny. And then you also fought Nate Robinson who obviously is a trash can. Yeah. We're like, we're not even, there's not even anything to talk about there. I can't box very well, but I'd box a piss out of Nate Robinson. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. I agree with you though. I think Jake does nef- does definitely need to like kind of build a career actually fighting boxers mm-hmm. who at, like starting at a lower level and then and building up from there. If he's actually that serious about it, if he's not though, then it's clearly just you're just trying to fight big name people just for the money, right? So, but I know so because of like the knockout of Tyron Woodley. I mean, there's been talk about Jake Paul and and Dana White in the UFC and stuff. And um, Dana White has like completely squashed any talks about like bringing Jake Paul in for fights like against Nate Diaz or Jorge Masvidal. I think Jake Paul would get absolutely destroyed against anybody in the UFC, but probably especially against those two. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. But like once again, Jorge... Fought at 155. He's fighting at 170 because mm-hmm. he's later in his career and he doesn't feel like cutting weight anymore. Mm-hmm. He used to be a 155er for the majority of his career. Jake Paul's 195 pounds, so it doesn't make sense again. Yeah. He's a boxer. He's been boxing all his life and street fighting and knocking people out in the UFC. But once again, he's not a, he's not a fucking boxer. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you go to Nate Diaz, he's a submission artist, a black belt under one of the Gracie brothers or whoever, you know? He's... He's not a boxer either. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, also fought at 155. A lazy, he's 
No, I'm not even going to say lazy. You can't be lazy and be in the UFC. He's a, just one of the UFC fighters who's later in his career and decided he didn't want to cut weight anymore. That's why he fights at 170. Yeah. That's why he looks undersized against everybody. That's why Jorge looked undersized against Usman when mm-hmm. they fought. They're not really 170 years. They're just later in their career. They're having decent runs at 170. So they're taking it, you know? Mm, right. But like Jake Paul calling out these guys, that doesn't make sense. No. Call out Israel Adesanya. That's close. That's still too small, by the way, in case you're wondering for the folks listening. That's t- still too small. That's 185. That's something that I didn't even really, I didn't even think about that. How about Yoel? How about Yoel Romero? He's not in contract with the UFC. How about Anderson Silva? He's not in contract with the UFC. I'm I'm making fights that would like make sense. That, yeah, like, right. Actually right. like make real sense. Yeah, that's something I didn't even think about the weight classes, to be honest with you. I just looked at the names and I'm like, I don't think I want. I, I don't want to step in with any of these guys. But I mean, he definitely gets beat by those guys. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Right. Well, I I would think so too. Just because he just has the boxing background, I don't think he has the actual like the grappling and going to the ground and and all that stuff and the the submission game and and all that. I don't think he would match. And I don't I don't know how long it would take him to to train for even one fight. But I mean, I just don't think years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Years, yeah, like because if he signed a contract now to fight, just for argument's sake, like Jorge Masvidal, like how, like when is this fight gonna, like, are you gonna set it out for a year from now? Are you gonna train hard for a year? I, I just don't think that's enough time to even be competitive, it's let not. alone win. It's not, and at that point, it's just kind of this, it's just a money grab at that point. I think Jake Paul and Logan Paul should stick to their little boxing gimmick. But if I'm Jake and I'm like really wanting to run with the boxing and like, you know, make a little bit of a name for himself before he's done, you know, he's not going to be any Muhammad Ali. But if he wants to be like known as a YouTube guy who came over and made a good name for himself in boxing and made it in the rankings, he needs to be fighting real boxers. You know, Anderson Silva is an MMA guy, but Anderson Silva is also a good boxer and also just be Julio Cesar Chavez in a boxing match who was super good at boxing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you beat Anderson Silva, you might be a decent boxer. You know, right. if you beat Yoel Romero, you might be a decent boxer because he's just scary, yeah. you know, and he's in Bellator. So he's really like, I don't even know how Bellator contracts work, but like, I'm sure you could make it happen with Scott Cooker because he's not hard to persuade if you throw money in his face. Yeah. So like, that's Bellator's owner, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he's being smart and... Like I said, that's good on him. And that's about all I got. <laughs> if if a fight did happen where where one of the Paul, if Jake Paul comes over and they did a, a UFC fight, how do you think that, that would, how do you think fans would view that? Would they take that serious, seriously at all? Or would that like diminish the UFC's kind of prestige and credibility? At, like if they did a fight like that? Because I mean, I feel like a lot of UFC fans would maybe laugh at that a little bit. It'd be funny. Do you remember when CM Punk came to the UFC? I do remember. That was a very brief stint. Yeah. yeah. Well, he got his ass beat by Mickey Gall, mm-hmm. who was 3-0 and as a pro. By the way, that's very, very green. And he got beat up bad. And then he fought Mike Jackson, who was a photographer for the UFC. Oh and he got beat up really bad. Gosh. Okay. And he had like four years, five years training MMA at, um, oh... It's in Milwaukee with Anthony Pettis and Duke Rufus. That's who his name mm-hmm. is. But he trains. He trained with Duke Rufus, Anthony Pettis, a bunch of good guys there trained there. Um, they have Bellator's 125-pound belt now, Sergio Pettis, 
who is Anthony's little brother, but they all trained together. He trained at a super good gym five years, came into the UFC, made his amateur made his amateur MMA debut, really, mm-hmm. and got beat up twice. Right. And then, you know, you look at that. When, you, when the UFC has done things like that and went out on a limb, it normally hasn't paid off. Brock Lesnar, the one, the one time, the one. The, I was just gonna bring him up. He's like the one anomaly in this whole thing he where he, a, where he started WWE and work. yeah, and and was one of the baddest dudes in UFC for a while. Um, yep. And then obviously he left, um, and I think he's he's come back here and there and made some made a couple. He's fought like maybe on the off hand, like off time or two here and there, but now he's mainly just a WWE guy. Yeah, but, but he, he, he's the one. He's the one guy. If Jake Paul came over, he'd have to fight in his actual division, right? So, can he make 185 pounds? Probably. Yeah, bro. I would say you so. Know? Yeah, if he's only a buck ninety now, if roughly. not, he's fighting at 205. He's fighting Yuri Yuri Prohaskis, Dominic Reyes, John Jones. You know, if he fights at 85, he's got. If he goes to Bellator, he's got a little bit less competition. If he goes to the UFC. He'd get swamped on. There's so many guys at 185. He wouldn't last. He wouldn't last. He wouldn't last. He'd get beat up in his first fight in the first round within the first three minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I promise. Like, that's not even. Right. They'd take him down. And it, regardless if he wrestled in high school or whatever, they'd take him down and choke him out and punch him. Re- it ain't the same as wrestling when I'm punching you in the head. It's like, I grapple. I do jujitsu as well. And like, I'm the first one to tell you, it's not the same mm-hmm. as MMA. It's It's close. And like, I get to grapple and like, it's still combat sports, but it's not the same as when, you know, I can play from guard, which is the bottom. You do that in MMA, you get your ass beat. Mm-hmm. You know, if Jake Paul did some of the things he did in the boxing ring in the MMA cage, he'd get head kicked. He'd get taken down. It just wouldn't last very long. I just think that's why he's going to stick to boxing, man. But a Tommy Fury fight would be good for him. I would I would not watch that, but I'd watch the highlights of it. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, I, well, the if reason he fought I, Anderson, I'd watch. Yeah I, yeah, I would definitely watch that. The reason I watched the one against Nate Robinson was because I wanted to see the the main card fight. Uh, who it was uh, Mike Tyson and who did he fight? Um, there were two. It was two former boxers that were very good. Was it Evander Holyfield? I think it was. It yes, it was. It was Mike was Tyson it? and Evander Holyfield. They was they. It? Both put on the gloves one more time and fought each was, other. No, Evander Holyfield fought Vitor Belfort. Let me look this up. I can you look? Oh, Mike can Tyson. I just start having you look stuff up? Yeah, look that up. Mike Tyson. Who did he fight? This is so bad on me for not knowing. It was a boxing legend. I know that. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. Bad on Roy me Jones. For... It was Roy Jones, yeah, wasn't it? Roy Jones. Yeah. Jr. Okay. There it is. I don't know why I was thinking of Evander Holyfield. Shit. I guess it was just the that first big name that I thought of, but. Evander oh. fought Vitor Belfort. That's yes. where that came from. Yes. So I, we're not actually stupid. No, we just had him mixed up. We did. We did have yeah. him mixed up. But that, that's the match that I wanted to watch because that's that's two former big-time boxers who, yeah, who were big names for a while, obviously, both legends. Both, obviously, like advanced age for boxers. Way like, out of their prime. Way, like way, way out of their prime. But, I mean, that's the fight I wanted to see just because, I mean, you hear Mike Tyson's name, like, you want to watch? Oh, hell so. yeah. Especially like me and you as we grew up, we didn't get to watch that. You right. Know? And it's like, it's just like Muhammad Ali. Like I would, I would die to go back in time to watch him one time because like, number one, he's my idol. And number two, it's so crazy. Like the eras that we missed, like, you know, our kids don't get to see the area, the era of Kobe. Right. Yeah. One of the greatest eras of all time. A, an absolute legend. 
you don't get to see that. So like when we did get the opportunity to see Mike, I don't give a shit if he's 80 and in a wheelchair. You're, you're, you're gonna we watch, get an opportunity yeah. to see Mike. We're gonna watch Mike. Yeah, you know, and like, I'm pretty sure I, I watched it. I'm pretty sure I watched it because yeah. like, how can you not? He's a absolute icon in boxing. Mm-hmm. You have to. You, when Mike is on the TV, you gotta tune in, man. And uh, like, yeah. I don't know. So true. I don't know if the old timers did like they used to. I highly doubt it. But like for us, you know. It obviously wasn't what we're used to seeing, prime highlights, MKO and sure, people. Yeah, but like, yeah. just like I said with the Muhammad thing, decision, KO in the first round, I'd do anything to watch that dude. And yeah. just like I'd do anything to watch Mike and I got to see it and I'm I'm happy that I got to see it and I'm sure I'm sure you were thrilled with it. Like Yeah, I was even though they were old. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think it was an exhibition too, so I don't think it was a fight like go out there and knock each other out cold i mean they were probably told to pull their punches a little bit because it's just an exhibition and there's not going to be a winner regardless of who lands more punches but but like anytime you're going to go like they're still going to go out there and yeah and and they're going to spar like they're going to do it so and they showed they displayed good skill way way better skill than jake and whoever he fought that night yeah it was nate robinson yeah like that was the difference between those two fights is incredible I went outside and brushed my dog during that fight. <laughs> Did you actually? Yeah, I only saw a little bit of it. Fair. That's fair. I well saw be, the whole be, Tyson be fight. Yeah, I was gonna say, be glad that 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 you only saw a little bit. I came back in and because I was it on was, the floor. It was hard to look at. It was it was really because it, it just seemed like basically they were ba- it was like they were hugging each other and then the official would separate them and then it would be the same thing like and that was like an entire round. That's what was happening. Do you consider Jake Paul's KOs lucky? Let's think about it. He's KO'd three people, and he's put them face down, like literally face down on the canvas all three times. You know, I, I what do I, you think? I don't know if they're. I don't know. I would say the one, the one against Tyron Woodley, like recently, I don't think was lucky. I think that one. I think that was straight up. Um, like the Nate Robinson one, I think was lucky because they were both just kind of. Swinging. Just swinging. And I think he just got one to land. Yeah. So, first. like, I would say I'm kind of half and half on that. He's progressed well in the sport, though. Mm-hmm. Like you say, the first, you know, the Nate was lucky. And then you look at the Ben Askren one, and he kind of just – he was faster, younger, stronger. Right. And he just displayed it, and boom, hit him with a nice shot. A clean shot, a clean punch, a good punch with good technique on it, with good skill. You don't KO people without good technique. Right. You know? And then you go and do that to T. Wood. It it displays that you are progressing in the yeah, sport and you yeah, are getting say. better. You're not fighting good competition, but that's okay because you're not good. So I don't expect you to fight good competition. I don't expect you to box good yeah. people, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not good either. Mm-hmm. You're getting better and you're doing better things each time you get in the ring. But it's very apparent that he's green and it's very apparent that he's new to the sport. And it's very apparent that he has limited skills in the boxing ring. And mm-hmm. I'm talking the boxing ring. So can you imagine if he came over? He's lacking skills in the boxing ring where he's been practicing for the last however many years. No shot he comes to MMA. Let's yeah, just no, squish I, that bug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So are there any other – and I know we were, we were talking about this you know, before we actually got started. Uh, and I, I follow what you do, but um, I don't necessarily follow the, uh, the UFC and just MMA as a whole as far as storylines, what fights are coming up, this, that, the other. But there are other, other big storylines that – Maybe we've just passed with some with some recent fights or anything upcoming 
um, that MMA fans need to look out for. Um, and this is a great chance for me to get educated too. 155 is stacked. Uh, we can always talk about Cody Garbrandt because he's from Ohio and we're from Ohio. Right. Um, Cody KO'd Rafael Asuncao really, really bad and highlighted of the year in 2020, I think. And then he couldn't find a fight, I think. And then fought Rob Font, got boxed up at 135, dropped to 125 just recently, got KO'd by Kai Car of France. Pretty disappointing. Teared up a little. Because mm. that's my boy. Yeah. Like, he's not my boy. Right. But like... But you feel for him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel for him. And, like, him getting KO'd, like, it's like I got KO'd. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't, but I did. Yeah. But I try not to feel like that for him because I've watched it happen. But once again, he didn't fight a smart fight, didn't fight a strategic fight, and he got boxed up. He he took Kai Car France down after getting so- socked, literally rocked, stumbling, fumbling. And he actually got a takedown, secure a takedown, and then lets him back up and calls him on and then gets KO'd. It was it was disappointing to see. Yeah. Enough talk of that disappointing stuff. You got Charles Oliveira at 155 pounds from Brazil, been fighting in the UFC forever, true pioneer. He got his shot against Michael Chandler for the belt. Those two fought for the belt while Connor and Dustin did settled their three-fight beef, you know, the first fight. We obviously know Connor KO'd him the second fight. Dustin hit him with a nice shot, kind of beat his leg up. Yeah. The third fight, Connor broke his leg. Pretty gruesome. Right. But while that was going on, Charles Oliveira went to work. And uh, as my good friend Michael Chandler would say, he put on them bootstraps and went to work. Yes. And he got himself a title. Yes. And that's pretty cool because he's from like the sticks and mud of Brazil. So pretty sweet to see him get a title. And that's pretty impressive. He also defended against Dustin Poirier uh, just recently and choked Justin Dustin Poirier out, which it was a good fight, and Dustin was putting it on him, and it kind of looked like Charles was about to wilt, and then he started cracking him and then ended up taking his back and showing that he was the superior jiu-jitsu guy on the ground, like by far, by the way. Mm-hmm. If him and Dustin were to roll 15 times, Dustin would win maybe two. Exactly. maybe it's that it's that apparent and it's that apparent with everybody else it it was charles on the ground is like khabib on the ground it's that much different and like you'll see it as like he grapples people and makes title defenses like if i don't know if this is going to happen but connor's coming back in like july or something he said if he fights dustin whatever th- that's just a good money fight and you know we'll tune in because right. that's a good one he also talked about just jumping in front of everybody again and fighting for the belt. And he can do that because he's the money guy. Right. You know? He's and the draw. Yeah, he's the big draw. So if Charles wants to make money before he retires and fight Connor, but my my whole thing is he'll dog on Connor. He'll punt he'll get punched in the face for a round and then he'll go out the second round and he'll take him down and choke him out. Just like he's choked everybody else. He has the most submission wins in the UFC, I think. I mean, he's an absolute animal. And he'd beat the crap out of Connor. Um Justin Gaethje is next in line to fight Charles, but Charles has fought a couple of times this year, defended the title once. He's probably going to take a little break. He'll fight like middle of this coming year, 2022. Probably fight Justin or Connor if I was a betting man. At 170, you have Kamara Usman. He's going on an absolute tear. He just keeps hurting people nonstop, even his own teammates. Gilbert Burns KO'd him. Masvidal, clean KO. Masvidal, again, uh, good decision win. Pressured him up against the cage. 
170, 155, 135, 145, 185. I mean, the UFC is just stacked right now. You got Izzy at 185. You have Yuri Prohaskas, Dominic Reyes, guys like that at 205. You know, you jump to Bellator. You got Yoel Romero. I mean, it would be, it's incredible to try to keep up with one championship Bellator and UFC. And that's not even talking all the grappling matches I stay watching. Like, uh, I have flow grappling and stuff, so I watch all kinds of grappling. Um, Submission Underground is one. They do grappling in a cage. Right. You know, yeah. and that's pretty sweet. Chael Sonnen owns that. Uh, CFFC grappling, that's another one. It's in a cage. Pretty sweet because um, you can wall wrestle and stuff, you know. But I watch a lot of IBJJF, watch a lot of EBI. They haven't done it in a year or two, though. But EBI is coming back this year, grappling stuff. But all that stuff is exciting. All that stuff is exciting. UFC is stacked. Yeah. I, I feel like I caught you up a little bit. No, that, um, yeah. Yes, for sure. Francis Nguana, he's an absolute animal at heavyweight. John Jones, I'm not sure if he'll ever fight at heavyweight, to be honest. He might not fight again, if we're being real. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Yeah. Not too interested in talking about John Jones, to be honest. Francis is good. He's just uh, taking a little bit of a break, and he'll fight Cyril Gaon, who used to be his old teammate. That'll be a great fight. Cyril Gaon just got the interim heavyweight belt by beating Derek Lewis, maybe via second-round TKO. Kind of a poop. I'll, I'll always – whenever I hear the name Derek Lewis, I will always think of the time where um, after he, after a fight, he like took off his pants and uh, – and, Joe Rogan was like, "Hey, I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off?" He's like, "My balls was hot." Like that's what I will always think of, no matter how good he is or how many fights he wins or loses. I will always think of that moment. I just expect his pants to be taken off that's, after a win. Yes, <laughs> but fair enough. Serial uh, gone beat him up, and now him and Francis are going to fight at heavyweight to determine who's got the undisputed strap. Uh, that's pretty much catching you up on all the UFC stuff. I Hell mean, yeah. obviously great, a lot of great fights throughout the year. Um, obviously you got Sean O'Malley, uh, he fights cans, but he puts on great performances and he gets better every time and he'll be cracking the top 15 this year. So that'll be exciting as well. Got to keep an eye on him. So I'd keep an eye on him. I'd keep an eye on Peter Yon and Aljamain Sterling at 135. They'll mm-hmm. be fighting f- to unify, unify the belt at some point. This year, um, that's a good one to watch. You know, potentially might see Triple C Henry say do do come back. You know, he talked he talked some shit a little bit. He might tune in. Who knows? Yeah, he might tune in and fight at thirty five. You, maybe you brought up um, Khabib earlier, just comparing fighting styles. I know that this has been talked about on and off for a while. Do you think there's any chance that? That he comes back, I feel like he's kind of at peace with where he's at with his career, and I don't think he wants to fight again, but do you think that there's a chance that he might do it one more time? I'd say no chance he comes back because he just got his own promotion. It's called Eagle FC. Okay. So he's, like you said, he's at peace, and I think that's true. And, like, you know, we can always talk about what if him and Charles Oliveira got a fight because, like I said, you know, I think Charles is way better on the feet than Khabib. And I think they have two very different grappling games. One's a top pressure wrestler. One's a jujitsu a specialist with good escapes and good transition reversals. So it's kind of hard to determine who would win. And, you know, it'd always be fun to say, like, to see that. It'd be fun I'm to sure. see that because Charles looks like he's on an absolute tear. And Khabib obviously quit while, not quit, retired while he was on a tear. So 
be a good fight to see. I, I, but I, like I you said, his, he's a piece. his retirement might have had some to do with like his his dad dying too, yeah. which is fair um, because I I think he. His last fight, I think it was right after his dad died, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he did like one more after his dad. Maybe one or two more after his father died. But, yeah. And then that was it. But like I said, he like you said, he's a piece. He's done. And yeah. That's cool. And he's got a lot of money and he yeah. made bank because Dan always talks about how how much money he's making, how good he's doing. So Yeah, he always speaks really highly of, of Khabib whenever he talks about him. Yeah. So it seems like they're, they're – pretty close so um, but i know that that occasionally gets floated around whenever something comes up about khabib is like is he gonna come back and fight but i i always felt like it was a no yeah so yeah i'd say no so what about updates for you then because i know you said you're kind of you're rehabbing some injuries right now um and so just kind of trying to get right but also just enjoying some time with family christmas and the new year coming up um but as far as like maybe future fights or just trying to get back into some more consistent training after injuries and stuff. What does the future look like for you? I'm always consistent training, my friend. That's fair. Okay. I I, I didn't mean to say every like day, that. two to three times a day. Never. I guess, stops, which I guess is probably maybe why I'm just injured, man without, I guess maybe without restriction and doing yeah. everything that you yeah. want to do. Um, um, so not necessarily consistent because I know you, I know you you're know. working hard, but like just how is everything that you want to yeah. do? I was trying to compete. You know, obviously, I've been struggling. I'm not going to talk too in-depth about it, but I've been struggling to find fights, and that's okay. And it was frustrating at first, but I'm at peace with it now and talk to my coaches and my family. And, you know, I have the skills to do jujitsu and be a pro professional athlete, and I have the skills to do MMA if I so desire. Obviously, I want MMA fights. But if that doesn't come, we'll just keep doing jujitsu and you can't hold me back and you can't keep me from competing. And I love to compete and I love to show my skills and I love to just continue to show that I get better every time. Yeah. And I get more exciting every time. And, you know, even my grappling matches and I'll be the first to tell you that, like, if you don't know what's going on, it's not exciting. Mm -hmm. If you know what's going on, it's super cool. If you don't, it's not so exciting. But, you know, for the people that do know what's going on, they can tell you I just continue to get more exciting and I do cool stuff and I'm exciting to watch on the mats and you know I kind of like it and I had a lot of fun this year I got a bunch of good sponsors um Rachel's hair in Bysville she always cuts my oh, hair I uh, she cuts my hair she's, too I she's love the greatest her. yeah she's yes, the best I, I love her and she gave she uh gave me this gave me a sponsorship opportunity that was great the least tees gave me sponsorship opportunity all these local places and it was kind of nice to see all like the local support to be honest yeah like where and, we grew up man. yeah like where we grew up and everybody like i bring little paper into them for sponsorships and they like I already know who i am it it was honestly it was super nice but because of those sponsorships i got the opportunity this year to compete and travel for ibjjf one of the best and biggest jujitsu competitions in the world they do competitions all over. And I was fortunate enough to compete in two of those. I did one in Indiana, got a gold medal. And I did one in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's what I said earlier. I ripped a, I ripped a dude around by his neck for two minutes and 40-some seconds and then got disqualified. That was the most disappointing. Sure, it was yeah. so disappointing yeah. to drive six hours. And I did so and much be, training be, for that. And be dominant and then, yeah. ha- and then and, have it taken. Yes. And be just so dominant. And I got got it and I covered his mouth up. That's how I got DQ'd. So oh. like for something so silly and so small and like it was really disappointing. But 
like I said, and like even when you, um, so it's not even a loss. It's just a I got um, that's the, that's the two. Okay, it's a no so contest. Goes, okay, so it's like a draw. Yeah, no contest. It's like a win. no contest, but he gets to go to the next round. Gotcha. But it's not like a win. Like when they put his on the IBJJF stuff, like they don't give him the win really. So would that go in the like the the no contest column too? Yeah. So, so it'd be like two zero and one yes. or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I got to do that, and you know. Ventured and saw some nice places, did some hiking in the mountains during that trip. So it wasn't a complete waste. But sure. Did some hiking in the mountains, drove six hours, got disqualified in two minutes. That was disappointing. But then I, you know, I Michael Chandler, I put my motherfucking bootstraps on and I went back to work the next weekend, traveled up to Philly, another six hour drive. And I went to work and I walked into that tournament and I was feeling good. I did my first match and I... I went against a guy who trains in New Jersey, and it was a good match. We went into overtime, five minutes. Then we went a two-minute, 30-second overtime. I ended up beating him by armbar before the time expired in overtime. Mm-hmm. And then I go down, and I'm sitting there, and I'm still just trying to stay warm, stretching for my next match, my next fight, before they call me onto the mat. And I got so sick. I started throwing up. Really? Yeah, went out there. Dude, I'm going against the most Russian guy I've ever seen. Uh, turns out he was like seven and zero or something for the CFFC, which is a like it's like Bellator, it's pro MMA. Mm-hmm. He's like a good grappler for him, but he was there, and I won that as well. And then I beat some older fella that he wasn't very good, but just just I got to compete. So yeah, and like I said, I got disqualified and I drove all that, and it was just really disappointing. So the next weekend, like I said, strapped the boots up and went back to work and got some wins and. I ended up getting disqualified in the final match. Actually, another no contest. We uh, like we didn't really throw punches. We just shoved each other. But then they disqualified us both, and they shut our set of the bracket down. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of a shitty thing. But I won. I won four fights that day. You know, so I took that as a win, and I wasn't angry at all with that. Um, in the finals match, I got double legged off my feet in the first thirty seconds. Then he held me in an arm triangle for like two minutes, and then I got out. And we stood up and we exchanged some words and pushed each other and that was it. Hmm. So I was kind of getting beat, but it's kind of hard to say how it is because anything can happen. And Sure. Yeah. You know, I got caught off guard in the very beginning. They blew the whistle and I got double-legged and that was kind of what happened. But, yeah. Uh, but you got out of it. And, yeah. And, and I got out and then that's what happened. So you can't really call it a loss. And, you know, I learned from my mistakes for the one that happened at IBJJF. As for the one that happened in Philly, I'm not disappointed at all. It was... It is what it is, and it's a combat sport, and I yeah. want to win just as bad as he wanted to win, and we both actually talked about it afterwards. I I know who he is now. Good dude. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's pretty much catches you up on that. I tried to compete a couple more times after that this year. All uh, I tried to get a fight. It fell through. I had a couple of fights fall through this year. Um, like I said, kind of just throwing that on the back burner because I'm struggling with finding fights at the moment. But I'm enjoying grappling, and I have like zero complaints at all, and – just going to heal up like I, like you said just taking some time with the fam and healing up and you know dealing with a wrist injury at the moment but as soon as that heals I'm looking to compete in January I was wanting to compete uh, the 8th of this this coming month oh yeah but like I said my wrist so as soon yeah. as that heals up hopefully like maybe maybe the end of this month I get in a grappling competition and then the IBJJF starts back up in like March so I'll be right back mm-hmm. to it and I'll be cracking the top 10 
for grappling, and that's worldwide, by the way. That's so amazing. I'll be cracking the top ten in the world for IBJJF here this year, hopefully. And that's that's it. That that's awesome, man. Well, if, hey, I mean, if you just you keep working hard, keep grinding, eventually you're going to get those fights. So, right. I mean, can't. I uh, can't have your head down now because no. eventually you'll get them. So. We will. We don't worry about it. Um, I, and I know, uh, just one more quick note. I know when we talked, like, it feels like so long ago. It was like a year ago. You said you don't listen to music at all before your fights or anything. You're just kind of like in the zone mm-hmm. and, and you're doing your thing. But uh, Ain't No Grave by, I think it's Johnny Cash. Is that still your song, though? Oh, like your go-to? 100%. For sure, man. 100%. Love it. I like to listen to like... Some smooths. If I'm going into a jiu-jitsu competition or an MMA fight, some smooth jazz or really? some old, old country music like some Johnny Cash. You know, a boy named Sue always cracks me up. You know, um, I don't like to listen to like some hard stuff because, you know, re- really am willing to die in there. So I don't want to like, I don't want to put myself in a mindset like that right. too early. So let's yes. do some like smooth jazz just and stuff. To, just something to get my footwork moving. Keep and, you centered. Yeah. And... and if we're doing jiu-jitsu, you know, some little some nice old country tunes by my boy Johnny or, you know, or some saxophone, you know, I just like that stuff. It calms me down and it gets me in the flow and it gets me ready to go, you know, Love it, feel man. good, look good, fight good. And of that course. goes around with like, you know, keeping my mind right and keeping my soul right before I go out there and compete. And like music touches everybody. Like yeah. Everybody. It's just a fact. So like, you know, what I listen to is going to affect me. And if I'm listening to some negative shit or some crazy bonk stuff about killing people, you know, it might put me in a nasty mindset. And I don't want to go out there and be crazy aggressive trying to hurt people. You know, that's not my goal. My goal is to display my skills every time. And, you know, I feel like I've done that. Be a technician instead of a bruiser. That's why we're not mad about like getting disqualified because like we just learn from our mistakes and we just get better every time. Mm -hmm. And that's all I've continued to do. And like, I'm going to continue to do that. And when my opportunities come to uh, maybe get a fight this coming year, I'll jump on it and you'll see me do some work. And if not, you'll see me just grappling all year and you won't hear a complaint out of me. Heck yeah, brother. I love it. Well, I'm glad you had a good Christmas and happy new year to you as well. And uh, thanks so much for coming on the pod again, man. And we'll definitely do this more often than just once a year. We'll do it hopefully, you know, a couple of times during the year before fights, after fights, whatnot. But I appreciate you coming on, man. I hope you had a Merry Christmas, too. And everybody have a happy new year. And also happy to announce that Will will be my new sponsor as I continue to compete in jiu-jitsu this year thanks man i I appreciate that that mean that literally means the absolute world to me so that that to like get that kind of exposure uh is really awesome but really just love you know sitting here and talking to you like that to me is more fun than than whoever watches or listens i just love sitting here and talking to people so nothing like bullshitting with my friend thank you very much that's right man appreciate it uh this has been wfs the will ford show 